Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Happy New Year, and it is officially time for episode 13 of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a monthly podcast I do where I just talk about whatever the hell I want to, really, for the most part. Uh, I did say podcast, so if you are watching this on YouTube, thank you for so much for checking it out. There's not going to be too much on screen aside from, you know, the visualizer here. But since it is a podcast, this is available on most podcasting platforms such as iTunes, uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and many other apps and websites as well too. So I'd recommend firing up your favorite podcast app and subscribing on there if you want the audio version of it. So really, I kind of just go in with a few topics here, talk about whatever the hell I want to, and this is really the most personal thing I do on the channel for the month. Occasionally I have a guest, sometimes I don't, but this time I do have a guest. I try and have a guest every other episode, and we're starting off uh, strong, I guess, this year. So uh, to my guest, who the hell are you? <laughs> this is MVG, Modern Vintage Gamer, and uh, thought I would uh, join you for the first uh, show of the year. So thank you very much for asking me to come on, man. Oh, no problem, no problem. Thank you for coming on. I know uh, I, I know that you've been checking out Mario's Minute for a bit, and then I, I never invite you to, but I have like floated out several months. I was like, oh, I need to invite you at one point, and you were agreeing <laughs> to it. Yeah, man. I, I think the last, the last show I was on with you and, and Devin, um, I think you, you floated the question then and I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, I love, I love Mario's minute, man. I, I listen oh, to thank it. You. Um, when I, when I'm driving home from work, you know, it's, it's a good little uh, escape from, you know, a busy day in the office. So it's ah. awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So to anybody who doesn't know you, uh, what do you do and where can people <laughs> find you? Yeah. Well, um, let me kind of tell people where they can find me. So I'm, I'm a YouTube guy. Uh, for those people that don't know, um, my channel name is Modern Vintage Gamer, and uh, I do a lot of console tech type stuff, a little bit of retro computing as well, and just a little bit of everything really, typically focusing on the modding scene, but not exclusively in, in modding. Um, I have different areas of interest that I like to dabble with, but usually the the main I guess common theme between everything that I do on my channel is is games. Um, so there's always a relationship back to the games that I'm interested in playing. So if I'm going to talk about modding a system or something, it's usually because I want to play games on the system. It's not for any other reason other than that. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my main area of of what I do these days. Um, a lot of people may or may not know that back in the day. Back in the early 2000s, I was a homebrew developer on the original Xbox and then moved over to the, um, for a very short time, to the Sony PSP. And then I got bored of that and did some GameCube stuff for a while as well and then moved to the PS3 and the Xbox 360. And I took a bit of a hiatus for many years, actually, and really until recently where I've been getting back into the homebrew stuff with the Switch because I think the, the Switch is a pretty interesting system to dabble with, especially with the you know rcm hack that's that's out there but um, yeah that's that's pretty much a a uh the shortest version of who i am um you know in in 30 30 seconds or 60 seconds or however long it took to to answer that question oh good that's so that's your elevator pitch is what you're saying (laughs) absolutely okay no it's good that you have that planned out and everything so uh if you are checking this out on youtube uh links for modern vintage gamer will be down below in the description now one thing i was going to touch up on you said that you were briefly in the psp scene so that would explain uh your edge magazine quotes then right yes yes yeah and uh yeah that's right i i 
Hey, so just some to kind of explain to people that may not be um, familiar with, with what what's going on there. So, in a recent video, uh, well, not recent, maybe about six months ago now. At the end of the video, normally, well, not sometimes I'll sit down and and ask the viewers um, some questions or or maybe you know do a competition or something. And on this particular video. I asked people if they recall an Edge magazine article where I was interviewed in it. And just for those people that may not know, I used to go by the name of Lantis um, back in the day with the homebrew stuff that I did. So uh, I was interviewed by Edge magazine and I was convinced that it was an Xbox article about Xbox homebrew. Right. And so much time had passed, so I I got my, my wires crossed. But what it turns out, what, what, what turned out was I was actually interviewed by some guy in the UK who worked for Edge Magazine as a reporter, and he was interested in the PSP homebrew scene because it was really starting to take off. So homebrew had just kind of got off the ground with the 1.0 firmware and the 1.5 firmware. And from, from memory, I had ported Doom uh, to the PSP. Uh, which was normally that's my go-to, as you know. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna dabble with a new piece of um, uh, homebrew or a, a new console and, and build some homebrew for it, the, the thing I'm gonna go to first is is Doom because it's pretty quick and easy to sure. To this port to, th- to this man ported Doom to the Switch in 45 minutes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, I I I did an article. Well, I got interviewed by Edge magazine and. So, look, man, so much time had passed, like literally 16 years had passed, and I completely forgot about it. And then I remembered that I was I was interviewed in the magazine. And so what I did was I, I started looking at archive.org and, and different places for back issues. But the problem was I couldn't remember what edition I was in. So I just put the word out to, to people and said, hey, if you guys remember this article in Edge magazine, hit me up. And so much time had passed, and and I got a couple of people saying, "Hey, I've got I've got the complete set of Edge magazines. Do you have any more ideas about what edition you were in?" And unfortunately, I, I couldn't really help them because I I didn't even remember the cover to be honest. But as it turns out, um, someone pinged me about two weeks ago and said, "I think I found you in Edge magazine," and he sent me a link to a digital version. And I remember seeing the the PSP article with all the different PSPs on the on the kind of the front page of that article, and it was cool because it had all these different um, themed PSPs. And I was like, "Damn, are these really the PSPs they're going to be releasing?" Because I like the different skins they have for them. But mm-hmm. as it turns out, it was just you know some Photoshop thing or something. But um, yeah, I was in the magazine, man. It was cool because I I remember I remember going back and reading it um, a couple of, or last week and. I thought how awesome it was. You know, I was a cocky little bastard back then, man. I had this huge <laughs> ego or something, you know. The way that I would talk was like, come on, I would have just slapped myself if, if I, uh, if I, you know, said those things uh, to to the interviewer these days. But um, it was cool, man. It, it was it was a good little piece of history and, and it was good to be in a magazine, especially Edge because I always liked reading Edge. But, um, yeah, I guess I was talking about um, the complexities of the PSP and, you know, um, it was so early in the PSP's homebrew development um scene that nothing really was proven at that point and i was talking about n64 being a possibility and as it turns out you know with with the n64 emulator that ended up being true i mean there's a pretty decent n64 emulator that runs on the psp so it was good to be in that magazine i I was very very appreciative of and it's a good piece of history and the cool part is 
Uh, I got a viewer that's actually sent me a physical copy of it. So oh, I nice. Have so that. you were able I to secure have- that. Yes, yes. I'm very pleased because the, the electronic version that I saw, the scans aren't too bad, but I really want to get some high-res scans and just you know upload it to the cloud or something and, and have that as a piece of history. Of course. And just, back to it. and just show like, hey, this is my name literally in print here. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah but no uh, it was cool it's cool to be a part of the magazine for sure mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say as well too when you were talking about like how you used to talk and how you were cocky and everything i think that was like everyone back in the day though just in scenes because uh recently so this is kind of going to be a little bit of a hint here I, I think i'll even say what it is but on on a, a, a big video that i'm proud of that i was working on i had to do a lot of digging not related to the psp but that did end up coming up in my research and and uh, I was really just, I had so much fun just browsing and going through the old Team Executor site. Uh, not like the original one, teamexecutor.com, not team-executor.com. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, it was so funny how everything was typed there. Just like, because it, it seemed like Executor, like the guy himself, he was very active in talking about everything. And he also had a huge ego as well. And it seemed like just like in all these scenes in the early 2000s, that's how everyone was. It's true, man. It, it, it was very, very, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking back a little bit, and it was a very interesting scene to be in. Like, I always say that the OG Xbox days were the best days because there was there was competition and there was chest beating and egos and a lot of shit talking. And it wasn't just Executor, you know, trash talking other groups. I mean, Evolution X, those guys were trash talking <laughs> Team Executor. And then there was Team Avalanche that was trash talking Evolution X. I mean, the the whoever had the best dashboard, you know, homebrew dashboard, they were like fighting with each other. And then there was the mod chip guys like Team Executor, and they were you know fighting with the Exodus guys. And, and I mean, it was just it was just crazy. But there was also a um, some kind of honor there between everyone as well, because when there was a discovery that was made. Um, one way or the other, everyone just kind of said, cool, you know, there's a new discovery. We're going to implement it in our, you know, relative pieces of, of modding or mod chips or, or um, dashboard or, or whatever it is. And so there was a lot of friendly competition there as well. It was a very interesting time. But I, I do recall a lot of trash talk by Team Executor, a lot of trash talk. You know, they, they were definitely, um, you know, doing a lot of the chest beating, especially at the start when they were you know, making all these cool um, mod chips and stuff. But um, i got to say, man, they weren't the only ones. They were, everyone else was doing it too. And like I said, even I was I was doing my own thing too, you know. <laughs> when I released the N64 emulator, you know, I was, I was really getting out there too. So I think everyone was just really, you know, their, their egos were overinflated. I, I, would, I definitely would, would say that about the whole scene. I think that's just a part of the charm of it as well, too. And I think it would be Team Executor was probably... It was probably that they were the biggest and the most well-known. And on top of that, they also... Because, you know, we really didn't have social media with the way it exists now. So they had the biggest platform, which was their site, their form, and all that. And their name was everywhere. Yeah, that's true. And and to be honest with you, they had more money than everyone else, too. Oh, and yeah. They weren't <laughs> afraid to throw it around, you know, Um yeah, I mean that's that's just the way it was. They they were bigger and 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 more they were louder than everyone else. I guess is, is what I will say. Not necessarily the smartest guys in the room, but mm-hmm. and you know we've talked about this before on um, mod chat and stuff. But 
they've always catered to the masses. And to this day, even though it's not the same team executor, it's they haven't changed, man. Like it's the same. You know, they they come out with these noob friendly devices or these devices that people um, well, are, are very desirable to people, and they just sell a shitload of of stuff, and they always have. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same spirit. Then, despite like you know, I know Executor himself had retired years and years ago during the Xbox 360 scene, and then I'm sure all the people in there have. I I would be surprised if there was even like two or three old heads in the seat in in the team now. Yeah, it just get, there's that feeling, isn't there? That even though it's you know the keys have been handed over to new management or whatever, there's still this kind of when you read the posts and stuff that they post on GBA temp and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, is it really like completely new management or is there like some dude from the old days still making their, their posts that they release? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they read me files. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they had a person who was just designed to do that, who they were just hiring to do all of their, um, all their <laughs> press stuff. Maybe man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, interesting question that you asked there and, Man, I do miss those days for sure. For mm-hmm. sure, I do. Well, when it comes to that, though, you were talking about them providing, you know, something that does something super noob friendly, easy, and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, so I just, I guess, I'll go ahead and say it on here, anyways. Everyone, this has been this has been research for a X3 video that's been asked about, and I did a different take on it, and I've been working on it for a bit. Like it's done at this point; it's scheduled and everything. It's supposed to come out next month. If people can check it out, that would be super appreciated. And that's where oh, all nice. this research was coming from. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I have definitely to... Be check- I'll definitely be checking that out, man. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm super excited. You, uh, you, you basically get, gave, gave everyone the exclusive that you got a X3 video coming out. How awesome is that? Yes. Yeah. Weird in 2019 with it. But yeah, no, th- thank you for that. I did send you the link earlier. So I know you haven't checked it out at this point, but like your feedback would be appreciated on that shit too. Cause there's, there's sure, a surprise man. in there. I'll definitely, oh, cool. Yeah. I'll definitely <laughs> give it a watch um, in the coming days. I- I'm excited, man. The, you know, the X3 was, so just to give you my story, sure. I wasn't really, a, a lot of people ask me this question were you aligned with Team Executor? You know, were you were you developing stuff for them? Were you one of their coders? Because they had they had a team of coders that they were doing different things, and I was never affiliated with Team Executor ever, ever, ever. And to this day, some there's some people out there that just don't believe me. And <laughs> I was always aligned with the Team Exodus guys because those guys were actually um, based in Australia, which was obviously where I was from. So I had a lot more affiliation with those guys, and they were they were um, bringing out mod chips as well. But I never had any affiliation with Team Executor, so I've never actually owned, as far as I know, at least. Maybe they sent me some samples or something, but I never have any Team Executor mod chips at all. I've seen them before, obviously. I know what they are, but I've never actually used one before. So. Interesting. Watching I your video, I watching mean, your video is going to be awesome. I right wait. on. I I knew that you um I I knew that you weren't a part of Executor at all. I didn't know that you never had any of their chips though. I don't think so. I mean, like I said, I may have got a sample uh, of like an X two or an you know an X three or something, but 
I, you know, I, I tend to keep my all my old stuff. You know, I, I don't really just get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have all my old Xboxes, so and usually I, I'll hold on to different mod chips that I've used over the years, and I've got a couple of old OG Xbox mods, including, including by the way, the original twenty nine wire extender mod chip, which was the first ever mod chip that I got. Really, you still um, have that? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Um, but I don't think I ever got a, an X3 or an X2 um, executor chip. Ever. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that 29 wire original mod chip, I had read that like all it did was it just like changed one flag somewhere in the BIOS. Pretty that, much, yeah. Is that true? It was, yeah, I, I don't know if it was just one flag, but I'll tell you this. It was not a BIOS replacement. So mm-hmm. it, 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 was, it was a true mod chip. <laughs> correct. It, it manipulated some bits here and there and, and basically got you got your homebrew up and running so i don't know exactly what it was doing but i tell you what it was a bitch to install when i when i first got that 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 chip so but I, I still have it. that chip yeah i i want to bring this up in this like perfect segue into the install here but like the reason why i was kind of bringing up the x3 thing is because um i say this in the video but the x3 is one of the easiest mod chips i have ever installed just yeah. everything went without a breeze and i was just shocked at that I believe it, man. Like, like I said, you know, they they knew what they were doing, and they made sure that anyone could get that thing installed. They were by the time the X three had come out, Executor was on point, man. Like they were they they were flying on top of the world. So I totally believe it. I mean, I think that I think it was like the fourth or fifth gen of of chips. Um, I believe it was at, the fourth that you told yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the fourth as well. I mean, by that point, um, and, and not just um, Executor, but even Exodus and um, some of the other ones, the Spider and all that, all those guys had their shit together as far as installations. And of course, you know, using the old PC header and everything made it a lot simpler than, than normal. It was pretty easy to, to mod an Xbox. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit spooky that Microsoft just kind of kept that in there. <laughs> As true. I've learned more about it, I was like, why would you all do this? Like, okay, I get that you're gonna, you might have to reprogram it at the factory or something if whatever goes wrong. But my God, that is just such a such a glaring thing that modders immediately latched onto because like, oh, we can we can just put a pin header back in here or wire something to it and have complete control over the system. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that it took him up to finally they got to revision 1.6 and they realized, oh shit, maybe we should remove this, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, what about 1.2 to 1.5? I mean, what were you guys thinking then? You know, did you think that it wasn't going to, nothing was going to happen or? And it took so long on that too, just because uh, the, I mean, the Xbox came out in late 2001 and 1.6 didn't come out until maybe mid to late 2004. And then, you know, they, they stopped making the Xbox in 2005. So, yep. So they, they, patched it quite late into the life cycle <laughs> it is it was way too late mm-hmm. i mean i i kind of felt like they and i don't know this for a fact or anything but i just got the feeling that they were just cutting their losses at that point you know they really were microsoft i know i i read about this in several old magazines which i don't know times like this i, I really miss gaming magazines because you know they they had the inside scoop and everything and they were able to get you know exclusives and that wealth of information and everything too but I know it was mentioned so many times, and uh, this has been documented online, that Microsoft was just near the end really just trying to 
cut their losses and jump ship from the original Xbox as soon as they could because they yep. didn't have that good of a monetary deal with at first I thought it was the hard drives growing up I thought it was that but I think later research has led me to believe it was they had some type of deal with Nvidia that wasn't very good so they were losing money on every Xbox that was pushed out yep yeah and one thing that I heard very recently actually was I was listening to an interview with Robbie Bach and he said, and this is information I've never heard before, he said that they were already working on the next Xbox six months after the launch of the OG Xbox. So by the time it was like May, uh, March of 2002, mm-hmm. they were already um, starting to work on prototypes for the next Xbox. And I didn't realize it was, for the 360, I should say, and I didn't realize it was that early in, in the life cycle of the OG Xbox. I kind of felt like it was always like, Two years had passed and then they started thinking about the next Xbox. But, man, they were working on the next one pretty much immediately after the OG Xbox had come out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just more kind of proof that you just got the feeling that they were going to take – they knew they were going to take a big loss on it and they were just going to try to fight through it and, and mitigate the, the damage as best they could. I think – because it's always seemed like Microsoft has just kind of had this, the Xbox brand gives them, you know, a lot of recognition, everything, which is like, damn it, you know, we're on first gen, we lost a lot of money, second gen, we lost a lot of money, third gen's <laughs> not doing so hot, like, wh- why yeah. do we have this uh, this eyesore on us, I guess, you know, on their financial books, but I'm thinking that the Xbox One, I don't even know if that's been profitable, I think that might be the first actual profitable xbox overall because the the original xbox as i mentioned you know they didn't have the good deals on it and then the xbox 360 uh they had to spend so much time repairing their brand and literally Mm. repairing xboxes i mean they spent millions and i think they spent at least millions like you know renewing all those uh, warranties and all that to fix the 360 yeah absolutely Uh, I, i don't know how the Xbox One is is selling. But I did hear that it beat the PS4 in December um, as far as MPD goes. So I think, you know, in general, it's it's doing pretty okay, but um, it's still, like, got to be lagging way behind as far as the number of units that have been sold. You've got to think, right? Absolutely. Compared to the PS4. Yeah, it's it's never going to eclipse the PS4 right now. I think I think Microsoft's doing the right stuff that they need to, and then behind the scenes with them improving their environments, uh, getting more uh, first party studios and all that. That's definitely beneficial. I yeah. don't think there's going to be as much improvement this generation, but next generation, especially like year two, year three of the next gen Xbox, I think is going to be really great because then at that point, you know, they'll hopefully learn from their mistakes. They'll put out some good hardware the first time around and they're going to have studios under them. I think they're, I think they're really learning because one thing you might notice with Sony is with Sony, the, the studios they have under them, they seem to be okay with, hey, you can put out a dud, you can put out two or three duds, and we're just going, and you can even spend eight years working on a game, it's fine, we trust you, if you lose a little bit of money, it's okay, but Microsoft, it's like, hey, if you're not doing Gears or Forza numbers the first release, like, we might not even let you do a second release. Yeah, no, that's very apparent, especially with, you know, Scalebound and, um, Lionhead and all that stuff. That, Scalebound that, that, yeah. was was a real deep cut because I was like, I I think the Xbox it would have been so great for the Xbox to have that game. I agree, man. I, I was genuinely bummed when they cancelled that game and and 
you know, Platinum basically said, nope, you know, we're, we're not going to do any any more Xbox stuff anymore. We're moving on to whatever's next. I was genuinely bummed about it. And, you know, for me, it's it's hard to it's hard to get behind the Xbox One, man. Like a lot of people ask me, why aren't you doing any homebrew stuff or why aren't you looking at the dev mode on the Xbox One? It's because I just don't give a shit, honestly. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't interest me. I mean, I've seen stuff like RetroArch being developed for it and that's cool. I think it's definitely worth checking out, but I don't, there's no, there's, there's nothing there that I'm interested in, honestly. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm kind of just waiting to see what they come out with next. I think it will be good that whatever whatever's next and i do think that they will announce whatever's next at e3 this year or at least maybe not e3 maybe xo at the end of the year but there'll, there'll definitely be, be some next gen announcement coming this year and i'm looking forward to see what they have i as far honest, as uh, i honestly ahead, think we'll see uh next gen announcements next year uh maybe i i don't know like yeah, it's it's interesting because it's so early in the year we don't really know what what the plan is for this year but it all goes back to what games um, we're expecting to be released this year, and Microsoft doesn't have anything. and And maybe you're right. You know, maybe this year is the hey, we've we bought up a whole bunch of studios last year. This this year is just we, we're just going to sit it out, and um, we'll have a big reveal next year. And maybe that's true. But Sony, you know, they've got um, they've got uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and they've got uh, what's that that zombie game that that's Days kind gone. of days gone that's kind of coming out which by the way doesn't look that interesting to me but it, it goes back to your point about you know sony will let a studio basically do whatever they want and and bring out a game that may or may not be that good and i don't know if if days gone is going to be a great game it looks okay mm-hmm. but you know there's also last of us 2 that's coming out i mean they've got some heavy hitter games coming out this year well we think this year right so we think yeah we'll see yeah yeah um, I think Last of Us Two will come out. I mean, I think it's going to be a October release. It's got to be most likely but, when it gets cold again. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I don't know, man. Like, I think Microsoft has to show something this year. I don't know, or at least reveal something. You know, maybe it'll just be the the thing where they did the the, the Scorpio, where they just showed some you know three D rendering of the next Xbox and. You know, threw out a couple of teraflops as as a guide of what to expect, and and really much, really leave it at that with nothing else. But I, I think they will, they'll, they'll definitely show something this year. That's what I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Like they're doing, they got the good services and everything. They seem to still have, you know, their loyal fan base for the most part. I'd say, and then on top of that, like I have Xbox Game Pass, for example, and I've enjoyed it. I got it for a couple of reasons. One was like, well. Xbox One's not really my main platform. I got the One X. I don't really want to buy a bunch of Xbox One games, but hey, yeah. Xbox Game Pass kind of solves that issue where it does like a Netflixification of it all, yeah. which is great. And then uh, my younger brothers, years ago, I got them a Xbox One because I was able to get one for really cheap. And at the time, it was my main system, so it worked out for me. Then I switched over mostly to PS4, but now they're growing into it, and they use the Xbox One a ton. And it works because all their friends have Xbox One, so they're not begging for a PS4 or anything. And it's been great with um, 
like for example you know the gold sharing option on there so my home system is theirs and i just buy gold they're able to play fortnite online all that uh at one point they wanted to play sea of thieves and i was like man i really don't want to wait a minute game pass because all exclusives like all new first party titles come out on game pass so i just bought game pass they automatically get access to it kind of indirectly like they can't access game pass unless they go through my account but what i can do is i can get onto game pass on my account on my system download the game through there and then it shows up on their accessible library which they can download so right therefore on. we were yeah. able to play well they were able to play sea thieves for cheap and they really enjoyed it yeah i i picked up game pass i want to say there was some sale last year when forza horizon 4 came out and I want to say I got it for like $5 for like a month or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like the best $5 I ever spent. It was so cool because Forza had just come out. So I was playing that for a couple of days. And this was on a PC, by the way. Um, and I really enjoyed enjoyed the, the whole concept of Game Pass. I think it's pretty cool. And one of the definitely one of the reasons to to look in the in, into the Xbox One X. But for me, man, honestly, the thing that, that keeps me having my xbox one plugged in is the backward compatibility stuff if that stuff wasn't available i would have just either sold my xbox one or just put it away you know in, in the box and never thought about it ever again i got you uh for for me i i admit i use mine nearly every day but i really don't use it that much for gaming the mm. last time i really did some games was uh which technically i did buy this game but have you heard of the game Oxenfree? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's enjoyable. It's really fun, but I bought a physical copy on Switch, but uh my girlfriend and I will play games together sometimes and even the games we play it's normally like story-based narrative games like this where I control and she'll pick the options or we kind of collectively pick together. And right. it was one of those things where I got it on Switch. I asked if she was interested in playing. She said sure, but then I saw it was on Xbox One. I was like, "Well, if I'm not going to play it on the go, then I can play it on the Xbox One. Well, I guess it will technically look nicer. Um, and I said, and I'm not knocking it. It's just the game is not. It's not a graphic heavy game, is what I'm saying. Right. So that's why I wasn't worried about the graphics. But then on top of that, too, I was like, eh, I'll get some achievement points while I'm at it as well. So for the couch version, I'll play it on the Xbox One X, and for the Switch version, I'll play that when I'm on the go. But that was available on Game Pass, so I just went over, I downloaded it, took a few minutes to download, fired it up, and was able to play it with no issue. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely um, some cool stuff with the Game Pass. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned you mentioned achievements. Were you one of those guys that would grind achievements? Yeah, when, I when dude, the 360 I did. Was big? I did that heavy in early <laughs> high school, and then I discovered hanging out with girls and stuff was pretty awesome so <laughs> then i stopped playing for a while and yeah. the the thing is it's just then you just play games and as you're playing your gamer score just dramatic like just dramatically increases and keeps going and going so yeah i i unfortunately have like a ninety three thousand gamer score all oh, right on man i i think i have pretty much close to the same so this is this is my deal so when i lived in australia um, I had an old Xbox Live account, and that had about 50,000 on it. And when I moved over to the US in the mid-2000s, I wanted to... And you, you probably have heard the story before, but there's no fucking easy way to change regions, right? Like, there's no way to change your region from Australia to the US and basically keep 
keep your gamer points. So um, I've maybe, heard. Maybe it's, go ahead. Uh, I've heard horror stories of people switching their region to get like a free game that's in Saudi Arabia or China right. or whatever, and they can't switch their region back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they may have resolved it now, but back in those days, there was no way that they would let you change regions. And I think for that reason um, that they didn't want you getting onto a different, you know, server and basically pulling down um, copies of games that were at, at a discount or for free or whatever. So I basically had to roll another account, which was a US region Xbox Live account. And that has like 45,000 on it. So, and I remember like calling support up trying to get them to switch my region to to the US so I could keep my gamer points. And they just wouldn't let me do it. They're like, no, we, we can't. You know, your, your only recourse is to start another account with the US as the region. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? So I I think when, when that happened, that's when I just stopped caring about um, achievement points. Although I, I do have like 45,000 on that, but that's the same Xbox Live account I've had for the last like 15 years. So um you know what i mean so it's it's definitely um one of those things where they couldn't help me and i'm like after that happened i was like well shit i I don't care about this anymore i'm just gonna just play games and not worry about gamer points anymore and that's pretty much how it ended for me after that i gotcha yeah i think the i'm i'm really trying to remember the last game i i think the last games i actually tried for achievements on was some of the telltale games because there's uh, almost all of them you play through the game once you get all of them but there's a few like the wolf among us you have to find like you have to go through a few different scenarios which right. you can't organically go through the first time so it's kind of just like you go through two or three of the uh parts of the wolf among us and you just do different settings here and there and you're able to get them so i think those were like the last games i really tried on so at this point like i used to be when i was you know a gamer score whore i would get games exclusively for the gamer score like play bad games easy games whatever it was mm. and now at this point it's more well i have this game on my xbox sure i'll play it all right i'm actually really enjoying this let's look at the achievements oh this is easy enough sure i'll get it. i'll play the game for another hour or two before i shelve it yeah yeah for sure I mean, there was something addictive about Gamer Score, man. Oh, man, like, just just that pop was so I know. great. And, you know, what was cool was when I did 360 homebrew, I figured out how to roll my own achievements in some homebrew. And it was awesome because I would be giving like... And I remember when I released um, SNES 360. Thank you for Xbox that, by the way. <laughs> Uh, I rolled all these achievements in there. You know, if you lo- if you launch a certain game, like I think it was Mario Kart or Metroid or Mario World, I'd be like handing out hundred point achievements. You know, for every time you would you would load a certain game, and there was one in there where I think if you played a thousand ROMs, so I, there was like a counter in there that would count the number of times you would you would load up a game, and if you loaded up a thousand games and used the emulator a thousand times, it would give you like a 250 point achievement or something at the end to finish off a thousand achievement points it was it was ridiculous but i love doing it man it was it was hilarious that's awesome and i think <laughs> to this day i think that's the only piece of homebrew i've seen that has had achievements i there's another one that i did that i put achievements in but i i gotta be honest with you i stopped doing it because once people started getting on xbox live 
with um, homebrew-enabled <laughs> systems, it was not a good look, man, because Microsoft was seeing, you know, these icons come up with achievement points of some piece of software that was not part of their, you know, whitelisted list of, you know, titles, right? So I, I stopped doing it. It was probably not a good good practice. But then again, you know, if people are going to get on Xbox Live with a homebrew-enabled system, and this was before, you know, the quick like 10-minute ban or something that, that they used to hand out when things got really bad. This was probably, you know, you could go a couple of days before they they would they would basically ban you. But I just thought, nah, this is, there's too much heat here potentially, so I'm going to stop doing it. I gotcha. I know uh, not even with homebrew-enabled systems going online, I just remember seeing forum posts of people who they never blamed you by any means. <laughs> they, they always knew it was their own fault. But, yeah. you know, they would – and I did this before. Like, I would play games on my GTAG or RGH system with my profile. And really, because it was figured out where – any homebrew that you loaded up on that profile would make changes to your profile. So the key yes. was really you boot up the game, then you sign into your account. And then before you exit the game, because you're going to go to homebrew, you either need to back out to make sure you quit to the dashboard or you sign out of your profile and then go to your custom dashboard and such. Right. Um, just so literally homebrew does not touch your account. That's but right, yeah. yeah the I ones that were the most that. obvious were, of course, the ones that made a, a visible change like SNES 360. And there were many people who said it was just like, yeah, it's completely my fault for doing this, but uh, I got kind of lazy with my account. <laughs> I had it on my JTAG for a few weeks. I was playing Super Nintendo games and all these games I downloaded. And I was sitting in the dashboard, like custom dashboards and all that stuff. And, you know, popped it into my retail system. And a few hours later, my account got banned. I'm not too surprised. Yeah, I, I remember I, I got a bit of hate for that one because there were people that were like, dude, why, why did you do that for? You know, and the other thing. Because it that looks I, cool. Yeah, exactly. And it goes back to that ego thing that I was talking about, you know, like, I'm going to put this in because I fucking can, you know, and I, I know how to do it, you know. <laughs> but, um, well, I was going to say that. A lot of people were not happy about it. Um, and, the, and the other thing that was in there that may not be apparent is I added presence in there as well. So what that means is if you're playing Super Mario World, it'll say, assuming your gamer tags, Mr. Mario, it'll say Mr. Mario is playing, you know, if you if, if I click on your, your profile and see what you're doing, it'll tell me that you're playing SNES 360 Super Mario World. So mm -hmm. there was also that as well. So I... I kind of went a little bit overboard with, with, with that stuff, but See, it was cool. All, all that's cool as hell to me. I think people just didn't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and I remember... I, 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 never, I never hated you for it. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is really cool. I'm just not going to use it on my main profile. Yeah, no, it, it was fun. It was fun as hell messing around with, with the 360 stuff. And I remember when the Kinect came out, I was adding um, voice commands to... Because I thought that was, that was a, a fun little trick to do, but... I kind of got bored of doing that. And plus the connect is the connect as well. So, you know, the, the first connect, I'll say, you know, mm -hmm. six out of 10 times, it'll understand what you're saying, but that other four out of 10 times, it won't know what you're talking about or do something completely different. So I just thought, screw it. It's not, it's not good enough, you know, to, to release this. It does some really cool stuff. Um, like if you, it, it, there's been really cool projects I've seen with people who've like hooked it up to their computer and done homebrew development on that or used it for research purposes. That's been really cool. Uh, but just gaming wise, it was it, it was a bit too silly. For sure, yeah. And I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen some, you know, 
tech tech demos and research stuff and and different kind of tracking stuff that that that's been going on with different things. Mm-hmm. There's um there's the o- open source lib3nect which is the um connect kind of open source libraries that you can you can basically build your own uh, applications with and there's some really cool stuff that people have done with it. Right but on. It was just it was just one area that I was I just thought uh I'm getting a little too feature heavy here for no real reason. You know, I got to remember that I'm I'm writing emulators, you know, so I think I'm just going to leave the connect out of it. Plus mm-hmm. there was always rumors that it would take some processing power away from the application and I I never experienced that myself, but I mean, if you think about it in theory, that does make sense that it's it's using some portion of CPU, right, to to, to, to do its thing. So I, I kind of felt like I'm going to keep it out of the equation completely. You know, I, I want everything running at 60 FPS versus, you know, 58 with a connect running in the background listening to voice commands. Of course. No, I got you. <laughs> I know uh, one thing that just kind of reminded me of this. Uh, I don't think I've shared this story on the channel here, but uh, Ooh, whoa, I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I So I did, like, I've, I've talked about this before. I worked at a game shop in high school for a few years, and we actually had a Connect, and we were selling it, like, a week or two before launch. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, the, the way it worked, it was funny. Uh, we didn't get any... We, we didn't get a cease and desist. We didn't get any type of legal notice for it. Uh, but we ended up, I think, I want to say, I think we had it a week before and it took us like a week to sell it because uh, more people thought it was cool than anything. Not many people really wanted to buy it. But yeah. essentially, uh, one person that we knew, he just like had no life, always on the Xbox, always just playing World of Warcraft or anything as well. I know on different systems, mind you, but uh, he was, video games just enveloped his life. And he was in many different beta programs for the Xbox 360. And apparently he had told me that he just got automatic, like he used the system so much, he got automatically enrolled in the Connect beta update. So he said that just one day he was prompted for an update on his Xbox. He downloaded it. Uh, it turned everything white, of course, to the Connect dashboard. And he mm-hmm. checked his email and it said, "Hey, because you've you know you've been a beta tester before and you've used the console so exclusively uh, and and so extensively here, we are just automatically enrolling you in the beta program. So we've pushed out the dashboard. You should update to it if you haven't got it." Uh, don't put this hard drive on another system or else it will force update that and it can't go online until this is released. And we are also posting you a early connect. Don't post about it anywhere. Don't do any of that stuff. This is for beta purposes. So nice. so he ended up getting, you know, the dashboard two months early. He got the connect two months early. Uh, he was he was telling me about it because he couldn't keep it to himself, but he was telling me about all that <laughs> stuff. And the other thing was he wasn't good with money either. So... Right before the Connects launch, he needed money, so he ended up taking it to our store. Uh, I was not there at the time, so I didn't get to witness this, unfortunately. Uh, but he took it there, he brought in all the hardware for it, uh, sold it to us, and then we put it in our case. And I guess throughout the entire week we had it, there were a ton of people who were just like freaking out, like, oh my god, wait, this is in the wild, this is here, oh my god, you all have one. But no one <laughs> nice. wanted to buy it, ironically, until the day it came out. The day it released... <laughs> We finally had someone who was like, oh, that's cool. And you guys have a used copy already. Oh, all right, I'll buy it. Sure. 
<laughs> That's outstanding. I, I did hear reports about prototype connects, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what 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 he had. You know, something. I have like no his- idea. I would love yeah. to see it, but I have. I never got to see it in the first place. I don't know who he sold it to. I I would guess it was a early final version of it. Right. Yeah. I I do know that the development connects and the prototype ones had no differences at all um at least at least as far as i know because i remember someone was offering me a development connect um, back in the day and i said well what does it do over the regular one because the regular one you can connect up to an xdk and you can still code you know make a program on it sure there was no there's no reason why you didn't need you know you couldn't use a retail one and he said well you know, it's just a dev version. I'm like, well, it doesn't seem like it's doing anything different. But I'm cu- always curious to know if there was a difference there because I'm always interested in that stuff. But it sounds like, you know, he got a prototype connect. And I know that they're out in the wild as well because I've you're not the only one that said that, told me that story. I've, I've heard that before as well, that they were handing him out. Um, you know, I think like a couple of thousand they handed out to different different people yeah it was it was pretty exclusive but there there were that that sounds to be about right it's not like there were like 10 it's like no there were a few thousand yeah i want to say like a thousand or two thousand maybe yeah and in the grand scheme things is how many millions of 360s were sold that's not that many but again it's also not like 10 yeah that's right that's right yeah oh man yeah no uh I, i guess I'm just kind of looking through some of the things I was looking through and kind of talking about on here. Um, But I know you and I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but have you paid attention to any of Soldier Boy's antics for the past week or so? The past week, um, (laughs) I I mean, I'm sure you'll you'll fill me in, but I mean, from what I've seen, right, he, he kind of, his website got taken down and then... Um, but the other thing I saw was he's got like a video on trending right now, like number three on trending on YouTube. So he's still is that got like the, million- uh, the hit, hit my line video? I think so. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know anything. That's about It's not a bad song. Though. I enjoyed it when I listened to it. But I mean, dude's still making bank one way or the other, right? Even though mm-hmm. he's he's you know getting uh, drop ship consoles from AliExpress and everything. But <laughs> no, tell me what's what's the latest? Or like yeah. what's, what's what's news this week? Yeah, so I, ironically, I haven't paid attention to his new system that looks like the bootleg PS Vita as much. Uh, I know that he has another system that he says has like a million games or something like that on there. I haven't paid attention to that just because I've paid attention to the other stuff where it was last week. He pretty much is kind of going on a big social media tirade and because he's he's smart he's really capitalizing on all the recognition his the 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 big mainstream recognition his name got for the first time here so he was essentially calling out all these other rappers all these other people and saying like hey this person used one of my songs this person used one of my beats i made this person this dude took my flow and he was on two interviews which were well two shows i guess which were about an hour long each which i watched each of and they were very entertaining (laughs) it was just (laughs) such entertaining mind garbage to see um but and the reason why it says there were like many memes, funny moments on there. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, I was watching two hours worth of Soldier Boy content. So is this the interview when he said that he 
basically taught Drake everything he knew or something? Or? Yeah, that was that was the Breakfast Club interview where he initially <laughs> did that. And then the next day he went on to Everyday Struggle. And it was more of the same thing just with DJ Academics. And it was getting a little bit because the radio show, they were entertaining it. And then Everyday Struggle is a debate show. So it was right. a bit of a different dynamic there. It was interesting. Uh, but no, just some of the things he said, it's like, for, first of all, uh, I just want to say, for anybody who's just taking his word at will, just because he's louder than the other people in the room and he's funny doesn't mean he's speaking the truth. Yeah, like, that's right. Like some, and I'm just relaying the stuff here he said, like the, the website going down, for example, and it's been down for a suspiciously long time, but yeah. he claims that he made so much money off of the game system selling. He thought that he was only going to sell like 50, but he, he got a ton of money. He made so many sales and they're not sending any out right now because they're backed up. And mm -hmm. he ended up, he said that he took down the consoles, not because of legal trouble, but because they're still sending them out right now because they sold out. Uh, he said that he had someone who was managing his Shopify account who was jealous because of all the money he was getting. And so he ended up taking down the sites and he deleted everything, but he's in contact with Shopify because he has clout and Shopify is <laughs> working on restoring his site. Uh he ended up saying that he made like a million dollars the first day off these systems being sold. And it was so fast and so much that Nintendo ended up contacting him because they wanted to see how well he was selling these. <laughs> he That's also, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He also claimed that all of, and, and they were trying to call him out on this. And again, he, he got the pass unfortunately because he was louder and funnier than everyone else in the room. But he was saying that, all of the games on his systems, they weren't illegal. They were legal. They were completely licensed. Nintendo did not contact him because of legal issues or legal troubles. They contacted him because he was selling so much. Right. Man, I, I got to say, he, he needs, I don't, I don't know if he has one, but he needs to make a YouTube channel and start, oh, he start does. vlogging every day. He, he used to do that. He used to, not like every day, but I remember like I was, um, I had thought of this the other day. So... I know you're older than me, so you probably weren't in his demographic at the time, but when he blew up, I was like 14 or so. So, right. you know, like ages like 12 to 15, 16, that was his like major target demographic. And although yeah. he did really, you know, he, he's been memeing, he's been messing around, he's been saying all this stuff here. I do have to give him credit for what he's done. And like I mentioned this on Mod Chat, but he is... He's really like what we know today as the first viral rapper, the first SoundCloud rapper. And he even kind yeah. of made mention of that where he was like, you know, 10 years ago when I was on the Internet and I was all over YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, I was the first person. I was the first rapper out the gate doing all that stuff when all the other rappers were saying that's a waste of time and I was just messing around. And now all the stuff I did 10 years ago, you have to do that to be successful. Man, he is he's a smart dude. There's no no doubt about it. I mean, even the whole um website with the drop shipped AliExpress stuff. Yeah. That's that's a calculated move, right? That's not hey, I'm just going to do this and for shits and giggles. I mean, everything that he does, there seems to be some type of method to the madness there. And look to be honest, he's made a whole bunch of YouTubers a lot of money over the Christmas period. <laughs> yes, right? he did. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Like I, I didn't do any soldier boy videos and I remember tweeting about it 
as a joke that, you know, I had a good month on YouTube in December and I didn't make any Soldier Boy videos. And congratulations but- twice on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> man, some people did make Soldier Boy videos and they had ridiculous amounts of views. And so, I mean, he's not only making money, he's also making other people rich as well. Not rich, but he's making other people money as well. And that's that's insane. I mean, like you said, you know, viral rapper. I mean, he, he is definitely... He's, he's definitely a viral rapper. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and, no. And the it's, whole YouTube angle is is, is, is interesting too. I mean, I, I think he should get back into into vlogging, man, and his channel because right now he is he is like so popular. He'd probably get more views than, you know, Jake Paul and, and those guys, all the, the big kind of heavy hitters out there. He, he'd probably get on trending just about every single day the way um, he's popular right now. I mean, I, I I have to say this. The dude's funny. All right? Like, the, yeah. the content Inter- I've been watching from him, man. it's been so entertaining. He He's funny. Yep. Absolutely. You, you can't, you know, it, and that's that's what it is. And you know this, right? That's what being a YouTuber is. You know, if, if you're entertaining and um, you make people smile or, you know, you make people want to watch you, then that's that's what it's all about. And he's got that, you know, mm-hmm. in spades. So, I mean, that that's awesome. Yeah, and and the dude the dude is a, a big gaming nerd. Like I remember he had like SODMG gaming and he was doing like he was doing like Halo 3 gameplays and machinimas and stuff with his friends and uploading them onto YouTube. Yeah, and didn't he want to uh set up his own esports uh you know, uh group recently? That is what he morning? claimed. Yes, he said <laughs> that he wants to get into esports. Yeah, I mean, you you know that he's a gamer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's definitely one of those um those types of of people. He loves mm-hmm. playing video games, and that's cool. I mean, I, I got nothing but respect for him, man. Like, I, I know that he's <laughs> he's done some shady shit, right? But you got to respect the hustle, man. You know, like I, I don't hate anyone. I don't hate anyone's game or how they how they get um, successful. And you just gotta you just gotta give the guy respect. I mean, he's doing it. He's he's kicking ass right now. Yeah, he definitely. Again, he really paved the way for you know internet rappers to come up whether you think is a good or bad thing is up to you um <laughs> but even so even if you love you hate him you love or hate his music or whatever it is the way that we know of rappers and internet artists blowing up today he really pushed and pioneered that for sure absolutely yeah i i want to see what what happens next because this isn't done you know there's like more to come there's oh yeah more to come. yeah i can't i can't wait to see what's gonna happen next personally <laughs> <laughs> but i thought it was hilarious that everyone was like oh nintendo's gonna slap you with a big lawsuit and everything really you know i never thought that was ever going to be a thing maybe they would hit him up with a, a D, but even that to me felt like a stretch you know that 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 was going to happen that's but, interesting um, i i thought that he was definitely going to get some blowback from nintendo because i mean my my thing that i'd said i think on last month's mod chat was like look if nintendo can go after a few rom sites and they're going to go after local like ebay and offer up and craigslist sellers of pirated games and modded systems and such they right. have no reason to completely ignore soldier boy yeah i i, I don't disagree with that i just feel like it gets a lot more complicated when you bring in another country into the mix because, you know, we're talking about AliExpress and, and China and, and drop shipping. So um, I think it gets a lot, a lot more difficult 
Uh, I'm not saying, you know, Nintendo couldn't do it, but I just kind of felt like uh, it's just, you know, cheap Chinese stuff. We're just going to leave it alone. We don't care. It probably runs everything like like crap anyway, so um, we don't really care. But no, maybe maybe that's maybe that's not accurate. But um, as it's turned out, I mean, you know, we don't really know why the website's gone down. But is it the Shopify? I I don't know. But I'm, yeah. I definitely think there's more to come for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't wait to see what happens next. I know the uh, the other thing was like the the other big claim he made on the show was he was saying because he brought one of the the Xbox One looking soldier game consoles with him, <laughs> yeah. and he so, was yeah. he brought it to both interviews and he was saying I think on a uh, everyday struggle he was like oh no this is gonna play Fortnite as well too well not this one like the the next system is gonna play Fortnite. And Epic <laughs> responded, and they said, I, I think the quote was something like, Fortnite does not run on jailbreak, jailbroken or rooted devices, which right. is essentially them saying, no, this is this is <laughs> yeah. not going to run on a soldier console. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just think he's just making these outlandish claims because, number one, no one's going to, I mean... No one's going to dispute it. At least no one that has a voice is going to dispute it. And and two, it's just entertainment, man. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, it, it's you want to you just want to know where it goes next. You know what 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 comes next. So I think he can pretty much say whatever he wants about his systems. You know, the other thing I thought was funny was he said that you know he's got licenses from like Ubisoft and EA and all these other companies. Yeah, that, for that, like, to, the, the, for the Chinese, like, actual console that he was selling, right. not the emulator I, box. Oh, right, right. But, I mean, even that just doesn't make sense to me at all. You know, there's no way that's true. Yeah, I, I think the way he was going about that, it was the, the Soldier Game Fuse, I believe. It is a actual system that failed a few mm-hmm. years ago called the Fuse. And it was officially, it, it had officially licensed titles through all those partners. So they just took that and said, hey, it, it, it's it's partnered through Soldier Boy stuff, so right, Soldier Boy right. has those. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> I, I gotta just say, the truth. like when it first when it first hit, you know, the media, and I want to say it was like towards the end of November last year, maybe. I I kind of wanted to get my hands on one of those Soldier <laughs> consoles just to mess around with. But the other thing I will say is, do you know anyone that? used soldier boys website and ever received their goods because i know people that got stuff from amazon and aliexpress you know the, the essentially the same system right but oh exactly i don't know anyone system, yeah. i don't know anyone who got their goods through his website i was i was going to say that as well too i have not seen a single person who I've seen people, as you said, buy the same consoles through Wish, through AliExpress, through Amazon. I have not seen a single person purchase the system through his website and get it from there. I think yeah. even a uh, Review Tech USA, he actually he bought one like the first day with the fastest expedited shipping and yep. didn't get it. He he got like one or two day shipping on it and still doesn't have it. Yeah, that was the same with uh, Spawnwave. He did the same thing. He he got one pretty much at the start, and he got the expedited shipping, and he never received his. He just did a PayPal chargeback and got his money back in the end. Right, right. <laughs> so that's the thing. I don't. I don't think anybody. All, all the people. So then all these people have been lying too, because yeah. all these people are getting the same systems, but they're not getting them from Soldier Boy's site. <laughs> yeah, and I want to see someone like legitimately review his system and i know it's going to be probably exactly the same 
But I want to know if the packaging's any different, if there's like some, you know, some some differences in there. Like maybe um, there's some personalization on there or something. It'd be really cool to know. But as it as it turns out, we're probably not going to find out at least until the website comes back. Hopefully, right. we will. Right, right. I I think there's there's so many parts from those interviews that are great so i'd i'd recommend if anybody has if you have to choose one choose the breakfast club one that was more entertaining if you want more watch everyday struggle after that uh, but the other thing i think it was on everyday struggle because he was talking about you know the soldier pods and the uh the soldier watch and all that stuff as well and they even asked her like wait are you wearing one he's like oh yeah this is, wait no this isn't it this is an apple watch so they're giving him <laughs> shit they're like well how are you going to sit here and be loud and promote your own watch and you're not even wearing it and he's like man i'm big soldier i can wear whatever the fuck i want <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's hilarious that's a good response too because you know sometimes you'll you'll see the the celebrities you know pimping out um like the next samsung android phone on Twitter and then it'll say, you know, tweet it on an iPhone or something and they get called out for Twitter it. Twitter for Android. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a hot new meme. Yeah, right. So <laughs> him basically saying, I'll, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. That's a pretty good comeback. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So one other thing I had posted on here too was the, um, the bungee splits. Did you see that happen? yeah yeah with destiny uh and activision yeah Man. so they they split off from activision and they're keeping destiny yeah i want to know your thoughts about that um i think i think it's a good thing and i know you're gonna say what how, how could it not be a good thing i'm a little worried about this and look okay let's let's be let's be clear about this so they split from activision so yes absolutely it's it's a good thing because they now finally have you know, creative freedom to do what they want. And they got that cash injection of like a hundred million dollars or something, some ridiculous amount of money to basically build the next destiny or basically keep it going. But one thing that people may or may not know is when Bungie split from Microsoft, very, very similar feelings and vibes were going on. You know, a lot of people reminisce about Bungie and Microsoft, you know, as like, they were like, the best partnership in video game history. And look, man, I mean, you know, they had Halo, right? So, yeah. We, we, got, mean, we got a few, like, okay games from it. <laughs> no, we, we, we absolutely did. But, well, you know, what I'm trying to say is Bungie had a lot of issues with Microsoft. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a publisher, they, they felt the same way that they did when they split from Activision. A lot of, a lot of similarities. So... It's almost a case of history repeating itself, you know, many, many years later. I wonder what the next move is for them. I wonder if they're going to finally say, we're going to stay independent. You know, we've got we've got angel investors and we've got venture capital. You know, we're going to be good. We'll make our money back and, and then some. And hopefully they will. But um, I am a little, little nervous about what's next for them because... I'd love for them to stay independent and make a shitload of money, but I also feel like they need a publisher to to really shine. And uh, look, I'm I'm glad that Activision is out of the picture, no doubt about it. Because Destiny and Destiny Two, I've played both those games, and I mean they're okay, but I, I never really got into them. So I I, I I I am looking forward to seeing what what comes next, at least in the short term, and whether they actually partner up again with a publisher 
you know, I, I don't think they'll go back to Microsoft. I mean, there's a a romance about that, right? That they will they would go back, but I mean, three four three own Halo now, and you know all that sort of stuff. So it's not going to be the same. But I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think it's a very interesting time, and I don't know how this is going to play out. Honestly, what do you think? So. I was actually, I was not going to debate you on that, funny enough, because I know you were like, wait, what What do you think? And I'm like, no, actually, I'm kind of on the same page as you. First of all, did you read uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels? Uh, I did not. That's Jason Schreier's book, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, I've been mean to read it. I, I got I got a confession, man. I don't read many books. Oh, like, it's fine. I, I don't read that many books either. <laughs> I, I, I always have good intentions to. Uh, and I'll read, I'll, I'll read like one or two books a year. Um, and there's so many awesome books that I want to start reading. But um, I have not had a chance to read his book, but I, I would like to read it sometime for sure. Yeah, if if I still had my copy, I'd give it to you. Unfortunately, I, I gave it to a friend who's doing game dev now. Um, but no, I read it. It was great. And that's actually where I learned about, you know, the Destiny's, uh, what well, the Activision split and everything, because they talked about the development of Destiny. And yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, like, MVG was absolutely right on this, where people love to romanticize, you know, Bungie and Microsoft being the best thing. But I know, I think Bungie, they were just independent before Microsoft, weren't they? Yes, they were. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. were they were doing their small games, Marathon, Marathon Two, a few others, and they started working on a little thing called Halo. And then they ended up going to Microsoft. It was a really good move for them. And just after a few games, they started really getting burned out. And I I personally felt that in the games. Um, I I guess that's my own interpretation of it. But like Halo Reach, that was the last one where they're like, yes, we can finally get out of our contract. And when they released Reach, at that point, they were done. They severed ties with Microsoft. They were incredibly happy to be independent. And I I don't give them any sympathy for this one because I'm like, well, you went from one juggernaut and wanted your independence so badly and you got it for like three seconds and then you jumped into another juggernaut's arms, which was Activision, which Activision, even at that time, had been known to just take things and pummel them into the ground. Like, um, yeah, they, they handle they handle Tony Hawk. They handle mm-hmm. Guitar Hero. They just take anything that's successful and squeeze the hell out of it until it has no life left. So, especially now, even... Expanding out of this a little bit, like what we see with uh, Blizzard Activision, you know, they joined forces and now there's horror stories coming out of Blizzard where Blizzard is really not, Activision's trying to just do the same thing with Blizzard and they're just trying to squeeze out everything and make it as corporate as possible and remove any type of, you know, family type feeling from it. So the people who are there at Blizzard hate it right now. The people who, uh, well, the people who haven't jumped ship, the people who did jump ship have told a bunch of horror stories about it saying it's certainly not the same place. It's not the same vibe. And this changed when Activision took over. Mm -hmm. So, I'm really hoping. I'm like, look, you know, y'all were independent once before. You needed some some more funding. You needed a big name behind you. So you got Microsoft. Then you all started hating that near the end. You got your independence again. You didn't even utilize it. You just used it as a good field day and opportunity to pair up with Activision. You should have known what you were getting into. Now you have a golden opportunity. You've got so many games under your belt. If you really want your independence, you need to be independent right now. And I don't think they need a big publisher, but I will say if I can see them going to another big publisher, which this I would not be, this I would be okay with. I know others, this is a little controversial, I know many other people would have issues with it, but I 
can see them being treated well and going to Sony if they went to another big publisher because of what I had said earlier, where yes, it would lock their games probably to the PS4, but at the same time, Sony can handle their develop like, their development studios well. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree, man. I, I think I think that's a a, a a potential smart move that they could they could look into doing. Like you said, you know, they Sony seems to give enough rope to these um, developers. You know, basically get you know d- develop a, a game for us. We don't necessarily care if it's it's you know nine out of ten quality or 10 out of 10 quality but if you release some good stuff for us we'll, we'll, we'll back you you know maybe that's the right move i mean i i don't disagree with that i think that could be their next move you know mm-hmm. but i, I yeah if, i mean like you man i i'd want i'd rather them stay independent if they can but i also question whether they can or they feel like they can stay independent as well I guess it's kind of funny we're looking at it like a person or something. They might just not have that confidence to be independent. That that might be what it is. Maybe they they think of how hard it was when they were initially independent. Yeah. That that that's true, you know, and I guess the other thing is they I mean all this stuff may have already been, you know, mapped out already and we don't know it yet cuz it hasn't been revealed yet, but they may have already committed to a publisher for the next generation of, of consoles. So there's also that to consider. You know, maybe maybe they are partnering with Sony and the next Destiny will be exclusive on you know, the PS5 or, or what have you. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, but look, overall, I think it's the right move. I mean, like you said, Activision have completely just botched everything that they've touched, you know, in recent years. And this is no exception. And yeah, I mean, you could tell that when Destiny 2 was out and all the shit with microtransactions was going on and loot boxes and skins and um, shaders and all that stuff that you were getting pretty much as part of the first game, you could tell that the the community managers at Destiny, they were tweeting out how they kept saying things like, you know, we hear the community and we want to we wanna help and, and we, we, we want, we're going to fix this and everything. And you could just get the feeling that they were getting pulled in by Activision and they were saying, look, you can't do this. You know, we, we need you to stay on course and, and do what, what we have asked you to do. And you just got the sense that there was a lot of, you know, conflict and tension there. And as it turns out, we, we were right. But yeah, I mean, it's still a very, very interesting development that, that happened. One that I still think to myself, how the hell did that happen? You know, because I didn't think that was going to happen for a while because... Destiny and Activision, uh, sorry, uh, Bungie and Activision, weren't they like contracted for like six games or something? I mean, there was a I'm, real I'm not sure. They must contract. have, there, there had to have been a lot of back and forth and litigation to get, you know, the deal yeah. that they did get. And yeah. keep Destiny as well, which, which also yep. is interesting because it tells me that Activision didn't really value it as, as, um, intellectual property you know i don't think so yeah i to, to me it really looks like bungie you know they they've wanted to do their own thing and it was uh it seems to me when they were under microsoft's umbrella microsoft was just pushing halo 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 and bungie's like look we we want to do not halo can we just do that for once yeah. and the only way they were going to do that was leaving microsoft which it's kind of one of those things where you know their contract was just with halo and then when it ended it's like well 
we don't have to make Halo games anymore, and we don't really have to be with Microsoft anymore, so let's just stop this. Uh, but then with Activision, they were able to do what they wanted, where Destiny is the game that they wanted, I, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And a- Activision was saying, hey, we-, we don't care what you all make, just money. And Destiny's the big name, Destiny's the thing, so because that's the money thing, you gotta push for the money. And even as you're mentioning, like the microtransactions and everything, where there was just so much friction there between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. And look, I think this year will be interesting. Um, hopefully, they'll stay independent. And, you know, let's see what they come out with. You know, like they've got a, a, a clean slate now. Let's put your money where your mouth is, you know, bungee, and let's let's see what you got with with the updates to Destiny. Um, I have it installed on my PC, man. I, I play it occasionally. Like I, I like playing the game. I mean, I think the, ga- the gunplay is awesome, and, and there's a lot to like about it. So... I'll definitely jump back in if you know they start um, bringing out some cool, cool stuff for it. But this is their their chance now to really show the world, you know, their vision for the game. So let's let's see it. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they come up with. The framework is all there for it. Absolutely, I know. So I have Destiny Two on PC and PS4. Have not yeah. paid for it on either, but I've still have never played it just because I felt like I got so burned from the first Destiny. You know, getting it on multiple platforms—that was my own fault. But doing we- that and playing it from the beginning and seeing the evolution, and it just—it was always just overwhelmingly okay. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. and it, it was. It was a real big disappointment for me. So when Destiny 2 was coming, I said, you know what? I'm not going to even pay this any mind here. The other thing on that was like even I remember when I – and maybe you could verify this. I'm not sure because um, my friend said this is kind of accurate. But when I looked at Destiny 2, I was like, I don't know. T- this doesn't look like a sequel. To me, this just looks like Destiny 1 DLC that they were forced to make into a second game. Yeah, and a lot of people said the same thing. And if you re- go back and read the reviews for Destiny 2 – the consensus was this was the game Destiny 1 should have been all along. But um, no one ever felt like it was Destiny 2. It was like Destiny 1.5 or something, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I like the game, man. I, I, I And I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I played the first Destiny pretty much from the start, and I grinded a level 30 character pretty it quickly. It sucked, didn't it? Yeah, man. And you know, remember the loot cave and all that stuff that was going Remember that stuff? The loot yeah, cave? Yeah. <laughs> man, I sat there for like days and days and days, like just farming, farming stuff <laughs> from that loot cave until they, until they patched it out, which was hilarious. Yeah, yeah no, I... Yeah, there's just uh, I was playing it because I played it on PS4 and Xbox 360 because I had one of my best friends on 360, and then you know PS4 for the next gen version, and then later hopped on the Xbox One version. So I played it on all the different platforms, and I played some of the DLC, and it was okay. And yeah, it's just the the driving was excellent, the gunplay felt so great, the game yeah. looked great, and Hant performed well as well too. But oh, I, I didn't play it on PS3. That's the only one I didn't play it on. But yeah, man, it was just, I, I played it from the beginning, like literally alpha on PS4 that was out for like a day or two. That's the first nice. time I ever played it. Yeah. Was I, there even Destiny 4 PS3? Um, uh, yes, it was, was PS3, yeah. 360, PS4, Xbox One. I remember the 360 version pretty well because it actually ran pretty good from what I recall. Oh, yes, it did. I don't, I don't remember the, the PS3 version, but of course there was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that was funny too because uh, one of my the friend I was playing with, shout out to Tanner. We were uh, 
uh, I picked up the 360 version. He did as well because we he just only had a 360, and we were playing through it. And I remember he told me that uh, both of his brothers had Xbox One, so they were playing on the one. And I guess for Christmas break one time, he he brought his 360 and he was playing it all there. And they were making fun of him. They're just like, "Oh my God, it looks so bad." He's like, "No, stop making fun of me. It doesn't look that bad, guys." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was one of those um, cross-gen games when yes. they first released the, the Xbox One. Yep. Yep. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, well, again, man, let's let's see how it goes with, with Bungie. Uh, jury's still out on that one. You know, history will tell us that they are quick to, you know, pony up and, and, and chum up with another publisher. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, they'll stay independent. At least stay independent for I'm, like a year or two. You know? I'm hoping so too. Yeah, just just don't don't yeah. jump into another relationship. Just gain your independence. Be a strong, Absolutely. independent game developer. Yeah, yeah I mean, in, in some respects, they they ended up way on top of the 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 split with Activision because they got to keep the game. You know, Activision could have really played hardball and said, you know what. We're keeping Destiny, and we're just gonna just let it die off, you know. And and then they're a uh, independent dev company with no IP, and that's that's when it gets really really messy for them because mm-hmm. then they have to really start thinking about well, what what shit, what are we gonna do next? So um, I want to see them do the IP was 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 pretty good. I I really want to see them do not Destiny, not Halo, just for like yes. one game. I want I, I, I want to see that. Yeah, reboot marathon. Give us a just. Just I would it, play that. Yeah, man, give us a give us a uh, a, a two month you know dev um, HD upgrade of uh, a new marathon game or something. E- yeah, even though that's like prototype Halo, but still, I'd play yeah. it. I'd play, I'd play it. it for sure with yeah. with modern controls and and everything. Like you go back and play Marathon now, and it's pretty tough to control. It's just it feels very very stiff you know it, it's just kind of aged pretty pretty poorly because back in those it. days it, it was you know no analog controls and um just the things that we're used to in this day and age just don't exist so give it a, a, a touch of, of paint and give it some new graphics and release it you know mm-hmm. um, get people excited about bungie again that would be awesome yeah, speaking of games aging poorly, like, oh my goodness, I played through uh, Onimusha Warlords on Switch, and, like, the game, it's it's great, but at the same time, it's just, like, the voice acting, the character <laughs> models, you know, like, just every time Sam Inosuke would just, like, open his eyes really wide, I was just giggling. Like, I couldn't <laughs> take the game seriously, because it, yeah. it, it was the most 2001 thing I've played in so long, and it was so great because of that. I know, man. I, I live-streamed it um, over Christmas and New Year's a couple of times, and um, I almost beat it on live-stream, but I ended up beating it, actually, a couple of weeks ago. Man, I love that game. I love it's that so series good. so much. It's so good. I and you, you're right. I, I I wonder where they lifted the assets from because I'm I'm almost positive they lifted the assets, at least the backgrounds from the OG Xbox version, which I have a copy of, and that has extra content that I need to go back and, and revisit because I I was a little bit bummed that they didn't base this port off the OG Xbox version. Because I think that would have been really cool if they that did that. That was a Genma Onimusha, right? That's right, or yeah. It had, it, it had ex- some extra stuff in there. But um, I, I guess they must have ultimately taken the... P- there was a PC version as well, which was 
pretty uncommon, uh, but they released it with a PC. And I, I think I, mm, I, I don't think they made a PC version of Onimusha. They did of Onimusha three. Sure? I thought there was a, a PC version of Onimusha. I Always think they positive. I but, think they have one now because of the remaster, but oh, okay. I think out of all the other years, uh, the only one they released like before this on PC was Automusha 3. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking now. Yeah, you're right. Um, speaking of that, though, I I bought the game. I, I bought it from the Japanese eShop um, when I heard it was coming out because right on. I want them to release 2 and 3 because I really like that series, man. I, I, I want, want them. them to as well. Like, guys, okay, a, a, everyone listening, please, if you're interested in Onimusha, please support it. It's only 20 bucks. PS4, Xbox One, play, uh, um, Switch. It's really good. I have very much enjoyed this remaster. Please pick it up. It's cheap. It's great. And I want the other two to come out. And, I mean, there's there's five Onimusha games in total, excluding the Xbox mm-hmm. version. Yeah. But I want the sequels to come. Yes. Uh, hopefully they'll do it. I. It seems like Capcom's in a bit of a mood right now so let's let's get more games but i enjoyed playing the hell out of that game it it's definitely aged you know um for the 90s uh when that era of like fixed camera and you know 3d or sorry pre-rendered backgrounds and and all that stuff and i mean it's just so cheesy it's hilarious i love Dude, it it's so I, good oh my god it's it's one of my guilty pleasures i love those pre-rendered backgrounds so much <laughs> even when i play ps1 games oh my god i love them yeah and i i forgot how awesome the music is in that game it's so mm-hmm. good i was live streaming it. a lot of people were making comments about how how great they enjoyed the music and i was like yeah this is this is pretty awesome you know i think the best way to describe that game is like a cross between like resident evil and devil may cry you know what i'm saying it's like i, I when think? i explained it to my girlfriend i, I said it was resident evil with it, it it was samurai edition of resident evil yeah i mean that that's 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 fair you know especially with the fixed backgrounds and, and everything i think that was one of the precursors to resident evil 4 as well because i i think what essentially happened was capcom was working on resident evil like resident evil 4 and then it turned into Onimusha. And they started yeah. working on Resident Evil 4 again. And that turned into Devil May Cry. And they started working on Resident Evil 4 again. And then that turned into Resident Evil 4. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember reading about that. They they started doing that. And then they come up came up with this kind of samurai version, which they really liked. And they kind of went with it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I mean, that's they're the best games, you know, when, you know, things are created out of nothing with no original plan or vision for something. And then all of a sudden you've got this interesting story uh, or interesting concept of a game that you then transform into a you know a franchise so man i'm all about it i want to see more um yeah. come back for the switch dude my, my favorite story of stuff like that is like the original team silent where essentially konami took and it's it's so tragic that this is not the konami we have anymore but they pretty much took all the worst people from all the projects they had in konami and put them on a team and they're like First of all, y'all suck. <laughs> Second, remember, yeah. work on something. Give us something to make, and we'll consider it for release. So Konami just took all the worst people, mashed them together, gave them total creative freedom, and they created Silent Hill. And even with all this stuff, like the person who made all the music for Silent Hill, they kind of challenged him. He's like, hey, I want to do it. And 
the team said, no, you can't make music. He's like, yes, I can. And they said, (laughs) well, all right, how about this? You make all the music for the game and we'll see what you can do. And even the FMVs, there was a guy who wanted to do 3D animation and it was about the same thing. And they challenged him. They said, okay, well, you know what? If you think you can do FMVs, you're going to do every single FMV in the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Silent Hill 2 is one of my favorite games. Oh. It's, it's that's, so good. That's a beautiful release. Yeah, I love that game. I I played every single year on Halloween. Um, I'm either playing the OG Xbox version or the PS2 version. Right on. Love it, I know. Love it, love it. I I didn't beat it for the first time until I want to say 2012 or so, and I just know the moment I think that hit me the most was uh, when you're going like it's near the end when you end up seeing Angela in the hallway that's just burning and everything's on fire. Yes. When that cut scene finished, I literally like, you know, it, it goes back to you controlling it. I literally just put the controller down for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's such an awesome game. And, and you're right about Team Silent. I mean, that was that um, kind of group of of rejects you know from konami you know that they didn't know what to do with and they put them all together and said okay make it make it make some games for us and let's see what what happens and mm-hmm. man they they produced gold it was awesome i like silent hill 3 as well did you play that one i never finished it i've started it so many times and like god damn it i need to actually finish it i i i did the same thing with silent hill 4 the room which i thought that was amazing I'd say probably out of the first four so far, Silent Hill Three has been my least favorite. But I thought four was really awesome. Give three a chance; it does get better. Um, three, it's hard to 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 top two. So you know, once you once you play and finish two, then you start playing three. It's like, damn, you know, I I really miss Silent Hill Two. But there's there's definitely some good things about three that I like. It's definitely for me, it's it's a close second. I I need to play the room more. I have. I have a copy of it and I've played about halfway through it. I never finished the game, but I definitely am into the the whole premise of the game. I think it's cool, but I thought it also got a little bit too clever for its own good. I just wanted another kind of awesome Silent Hill story like Silent Hill 2, but um, who knows, man. Hopefully, you know, with, well, I was going to say PT, you know, that's obviously not something that's coming out. But I'd love, I'd love to see some type of reboot of that series. Same a here, real reboot. But I, 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 I mean, we, well, we were gonna get it, and then Konami did a Konami. Well, dude, I mean, Resident Evil Two Remake is coming out on Friday, right? Yeah, but I mean, but I have to say, Capcom has gotten they've gotten smart after so many. It's like they've ignored us for the past 10, 15 years. And they're like, oh, oh, wait, so so that was the game you wanted, <laughs> right? That was the game. I mean, Konami. Konami's got to be thinking. I mean, you know, Resident Evil Two Remake. Let's let's reboot Silent Hill Two. I'm I'm totally I'm totally just wishing. I'm fanboying right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's no way they're going to do it, but man, I wish they would just take notice of. I mean, Resident Evil Two Remake is going to sell a lot of copies, and it's going to be successful for Capcom, no doubt about it. It's it's an awesome game. It's reviewing well. I really like it, but. Man, if they did the same thing for Silent Hill where they basically give it a new engine but they keep the game the same way it is and really give it some um, some enhancements to bring it up to 2019 standards, dude, I would I would pre-order that thing in a heartbeat. No doubt. Uh, I, f- I feel yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking this up right now. Monster Hunter is made by Capcom, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. 
I, I was going to say then, I, Capcom has been on an incredible roll then, just because it, in no particular order, you know, they did Monster Hunter World, which is giant splash. Resident Evil 7, phenomenal. Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2 I, remake, I have no doubt that's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing back, of course, uh, not even just Onimusha, they also brought back Okami, which was great. Like, yeah. Capcom knows what they're doing right now, and it makes me so happy. Yeah, and, and don't forget Devil May Cry is coming as well that looks good too yeah it does i mean they um they they know what to do you're right i mean i think their weakest um franchise is the street fighter stuff right now you know it's struggling to sell but, yeah i um, think that's that that's that's been the only one out of the recent releases that has been shaky unfortunately yeah yeah and surprisingly to be honest yeah yeah but i, think, I mean i konami Come on, guys. Let's let's get a Silent Hill two reboot. Come on, let's let's make it happen. Someone just, from, just, just, just someone something. From, someone from Konami's got to be listening to this podcast, right? There's got to uh, be someone. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blast it out there on, onto the uh, Ethernet. Yes, I know one one thing because uh, right now, just for everyone's record here, this is actually I think this will probably be one of the quickest turnarounds. We're recording this on the twenty second of January, and it will be out tomorrow on the twenty third. But so far, one thing this is brought up to me, I didn't look I I didn't look at the international date for this, and I was so disappointed. But this is my own fault. I thought Kingdom Hearts three was coming out this Friday, and I've thought that for like the past year, but it's not. It's coming out in a week from the day we're recording this is coming out tuesday that's and right i'm excited for it but at the same time it's like l- listen so some of my favorite things like i love kingdom hearts that that did so much for me growing up and my all-time favorite band is tool and right. we've been waiting for a proper kingdom hearts game for so long since kingdom hearts 2 which came out in 2004 i want to say yeah, yeah and then tool hasn't released i mean maynard's done other projects and such nothing tool related though but they haven't released a new album since 2005 so i think between waiting for kingdom hearts 3 and a new tool album i've demonstrated some great patience here and one of those things is going to get fulfilled but at the same time i i can't believe that kingdom hearts 3 will be coming out until i actually have the disc in my hand and then out of my hand and into the ps4 pretty crazy isn't it yeah. It's, it's it's actually here. Have you um have you been like reading spoilers? And I don't, I don't, I don't mean intentionally, nope. but have you been? Nope. Um, I'm I normally I, normally I'm able to bypass them well enough. I have seen that you know it's leaked out a few places, and I actually. I was admittedly a little excited about that, not because I was looking for spoilers, but I was like, oh my god, wait, this game exists! Like, are yeah. you serious? It exists. I'm pretty good at not reading spoilers on anything i've got a good record of doing that like i just um in the last couple of weeks beat red dead 2 and Mm -hmm. i had no idea about the story of that game i mean obviously you know i had some sense of the game because it's the pre the, the you know the prequel to the the first game but i didn't know who the character was or how it played out or anything about it and so I'm pretty good at you know not not li- listening to spoilers or reading spoilers and stuff like that. That's good. I- I'm about the same way as well too. I think the other thing is when I do see spoilers, I'm like, eh, you know, I just don't care that much. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so it's just there's not really any fun to that. Yes. Yeah. So I know we've been we've been talking kind of all over about games here. I guess one of the last things we can discuss is. Uh, I think we we both might have hinted at this a little bit, but what games are you currently playing or have you been playing? Yeah, um, 
over Christmas, I I played and finished Red Dead Two, obviously, which I just mentioned. But before that, I played and finished. So for those people that don't know, I I'm a big gamer, man. Like I I play a lot of video games, and I think that's definitely something that will never change. Like you know, I love the YouTube stuff. I'm I'm big on that, of course. But I always set aside some time to play video games every single week, and uh, so. Over the Christmas break, I had some time off work and, and really kind of got caught up on the backlog of, of stuff. But um, yeah, Red Dead 2, I played Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, played and finished that beforehand. And I love that game. That's man. the one I, in Egypt, right? Yeah. No, this okay. was the Greece one. The Greece oh, one. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, it was Odyssey or Odyssey or Origins? I get confused. I think the, the, Origins the is Egypt. Yeah. So I played and finished that. Really enjoyed that. Um, I got smash for christmas i've been playing that i i'm not a big smash guy but i definitely Same. i'm playing it i think it's cool um i like some of the the stuff they got going on in that game but um the other st- i mean i'm waiting for resident evil that's kind of my next thing um I, I picked up ace combat last week and i'm playing that ace combat 7 i've always loved the ace combat series from the original playstation version of the game that came out years and years ago that's a for those people that don't know ace combat 7 is a i'll say an arcade flight sim where you basically they don't care if you know how to fly a plane it's basically you trying to shoot down other planes and ground targets in an arcade um, capacity it's an awesome game it's they've finally switched to the unreal engine and it runs really well so i've been playing that but yeah man um all the all the kind of big triple a games i usually will pick up and, and and beat them um like last year, I played and finished God of War, and I played and finished Spider Man, and Far Cry Five. I played and finished that. I even got Fallout seventy six, which um, I'm glad I picked it up when it was discounted on Black Friday for. Yo, I was gonna say, I mean, there's yeah. rumors that might go free to play. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you've seen uh, that. Yeah, I just read about that like earlier today, which is hilarious. But I, I even I even gave that a chance, and man, I tell you what, I I hate that game so much. It's so bad. <laughs> I really do. I really, really dislike that game. Um, the best part about Fallout 76 is the community because you think when before you're about to jump in and play it for the first time that you're going to get trolled by a whole bunch of people, but actually you don't. I mean, there's like legitimate people that want to help you, you know, help you basically get a leg up. Like when I first started playing it, I was like level two or something and I ran past this guy's camp and I'm like, for sure this guy's just going to just, you know, play, kill me or whatever. And he's like, yo, man, he gets on the headset. He's like, yo, man, you, you need some you need some ammo and you need some weapons? I'm like, yeah, please, you know, if you're willing to, to hand out some. So uh, he basically showed me the ropes, how to how to set up a camp and, and how to, um, you know, make food and everything like that. It was really, really awesome, you know, and I had that experience like three or four, to- four other times as I was playing the game. But the problem with the game is it just sucks. Like there's there's no life to that game at all. Like there's literally no life to the game. And there's so many bugs. I mean, you know when you watch those YouTube videos of like edgy content creators that like will just yell into a microphone for 10 minutes and talk yeah. about how bad a game is? Yeah. I mean, this one is legitimately that bad. And this, this, it is, this is one it of is those- literally that bad. <laughs> yes, yes, literally that bad. So, uh, um, but yeah, I did not like it. I gave it a chance, but I didn't care for it. So, um, and, and only Musher, of course, I, I played and finished that as well. So, um, but yeah, ne- next on the list is obviously Resident Evil and then Kingdom Hearts is coming in. Um, 
I'll probably get the new Far Cry game as well when that comes out. I'm interested in that too, so we'll see. I think this year's going to be a good year for games. Um, I'm, hopefully I'm Last so of Us well 2, which is, I mean, Last of Us 1, that's like one of my all-time favorites, so I'm hanging out for that. I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll announce that at A3 that it's coming out later this year. But, um, yeah, man, I love my games. And and then there's the retro stuff. You know, I, I always will will play something retro as well and get my fix on the retro stuff too. So of course. lots and lots of games, man. Hey, that's not a problem. The only problem is time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I've had, um, what is it? like? The, so the games that I was playing recently here, uh, I just finished, I, I picked up and finished uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll, which that was just phenomenal and so fun and unfortunately much shorter than i remember and that shit makes your hands hurt too did did you play those games i actually picked up a copy of it too i haven't taken out of the shrink wrap yet but i remember playing on the ps2 love that game and i'll definitely give that a give that a go for sure yeah it's it's totally worth it but oh my goodness yeah it'll make your hands hurt with the uh with the joy con (laughs) (laughs) i bet man i bet yeah, no, I uh, I finished that. That was really good. Uh, Oxen Free, I mentioned, I finished. That was very enjoyable. Just quick two, three hour game or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting the best ending from what I could tell. I very much enjoyed it. A, a lot of the complaints people were saying because I I looked up reviews of the game because again I I did purchase it. So before I got it through limited run, uh, I th- decided to look and see if it was worth my money, and it looked interesting. But people were saying, well. It's not going to, you can't really make too many different choices. It, well, your different choices aren't going to have much of an effect on another playthrough, and your characters are slow, and the dialogue might suck. And I was like, actually, well, the, the choice is not making a big difference. That's most, you know, play-your-own-type adventure games out there, unfortunately. Not yeah. really giving an excuse, just saying that that's an expectation I have. The characters being slow, that didn't bug me at all. There was plenty of dialogue to fill, and I thought the dialogue was pretty fitting for, you know, some high school seniors who were getting drunk and going through some fucked up times. Right. So I was like, I actually thought a lot higher of the game than a lot of other reviewers, and I very much enjoyed it. And then, of course, Onimusha Warlords, which that was just a absolute treat to play through. So um, I, I got a physical version of that. I did import it from... Uh, Amazon Japan, thankfully. Yeah, I, I need to get a physical of that game too. Oh, man, I that, I that's, wish that's they made... what I need for the collection for sure. Mm-hmm. I really wish they made a physical version worldwide, but unfortunately they didn't. I think I, I don't know if they did with Okami, but I also imported uh, Okami because yeah, I, I I don't, don't think know. They, I don't think there's a North American Okami either. I think you're right. The only it's on PS4 and Xbox One, I want to say, but I don't think they did it on Switch. Maybe uh-huh. just like, because I know cartridges are more expensive to press. Maybe it's just not worth their to- like their money to press a cartridge for a $20 game that's a certain size. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, that, that could well be. Okami HD is awesome too. It Love is. Oh my goodness, it's it's good. Although I I've never played it before, and like with these games, I've also had to remember to save manually. So oh yeah, man, you gotta especially and, and only Mush is the same. You gotta you gotta save when you can in that game. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to beat, but you know there's also some frustration if you don't get to the next save point and die and have to you know do like fifteen minutes worth of fighting again to get back to where you were. 
So I'm being completely honest. I, I don't know if this is noble, if this is embarrassing. I didn't know you could upgrade your magic and your health until like the last hour of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you open the doors that required like, you know? Oh, well, that stuff, I was leveling up my weapons and I was leveling up that stuff, but I'm talking about like your actual magic points oh, and your health oh, points. I'm with you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, I, had yeah. So, I had so many of those like power moons and everything. And You're I was talking just- about the, the, where, where you have to like decipher the, the, the text scrolls and stuff and then opens up the chest to get the power moons and stuff like that. Yeah, yes. yeah. I had so many of those. And I, like by the, the, at the end of the game, like close to it, I ended up using one on accident. And I saw my health went up. I was like, wait, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw a speedrunner beat that game in like an hour and a half. It was it was pretty impressive. It's a short game. I yeah. beat it in about five hours. And honestly, for about an hour, hour and a half of that game, I was lost and didn't really know what to do. So that's my, that's I could my, beat it in less than four. Yeah, that's my biggest thing with that game. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say criticism because, I mean, it's it's a... We know what you you know what you're getting when you play that game, but when, when you play like a classic Capcom yeah, game like that, but I, you just get turned around, you know, because the the angles change, right? So you're running in one direction, and then the camera basically throws you in the opposite direction. So you have to turn your you know your D pad or your analog stick to keep moving in that same direction, but it pushes you back the other direction. So it's really easy just to basically run around in circles in that game sometimes absolutely i mean that's in so many other of their games too like devil may cry maybe not as bad resident evil was definitely a big one where it has the weird puzzles and all that stuff yeah for sure yeah yeah the the other games i haven't finished these but the ones i'm playing right now uh shout out to Devin. he ended up getting me uh so he goofed on my i don't know if i shared this story uh did uh, i i don't think i shared this no so I am a bad person to get presents for just because I'm one of those people. I I feel bad asking for things. Right. So if there's something I want, I normally just pick it up. Like case in point here, for my birthday, I remember Devin ended up messaging me. He's like, hey, you don't have Bayonetta, do you, on Switch? I was like, oh, no, I actually meant to pick it up. And he's like, yeah, no, I just didn't know if you had it or not. I wanted to get your opinion on it. I was like, no, it was really good. I played it on Wii U, but I don't have it on Switch yet. So he ended up finding out I didn't have it. He secretly bought it for me. He was going to give it to me on my birthday. On my birthday, I saw him, and I was like, oh, hey, dude, thank you for giving me the heads up on Bayonetta. And he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, I, I meant to pick it up and I didn't. But because you reminded me, I went to pick it up. He's like, God damn it, Danny, no. <laughs> like, do, and he even said, he's like, Does, don't people tell you to not buy things before your birthday? I'm like, no, wh- wh- what logic is this? And then apparently the group we were with, they're just like, yeah, Danny, that's the rule. You don't buy things like a month before your birthday or a month before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, we have that rule in my household too. You know, <laughs> don't buy presents for yourself, you know one month before christmas you just don't do it it's it's good to know it's it's good to know now but (laughs) so about a month before christmas he messaged me and he's like hey let me know a couple games you want and i was like all right i'm going to assume i'm not supposed to buy these for myself and because you're pulling my arm here or twist my arm i want doom and i want skyrim on switch Hmm. and like shortly after seeing that message i kind of regretted it but i was like no no i don't i don't want to muddy anything up it's okay so I finally saw Devin at one point and I got the, uh, no, I didn't get these on mod chat. No, it was afterwards. So I dropped by his place and I got my presents and I looked and I was like, this is 
this is not what I asked for, but this is no issue because this is actually what I wanted to ask for. He got me Skyrim, and instead of Doom, he messed up and got me Diablo 3, which is actually what I wanted more. Oh, so yeah. 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 So I was like, dude, you made like the best mistake. Thank you for that. Yeah. But I, um, I have Diablo on the Switch. It's freaking awesome. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so I've been playing that right now, and uh, I ended up, even though this this has gotten lukewarm reviews, this has been, I wanted another game like Diablo that was, as in, like, I wanted another game where I could just play and pay half attention to it, but I wanted it to be something new that I haven't played through before. Yeah. So I was able to pick up uh, the No More Heroes title, like Travis Strikes Again, mm-hmm. and because i liked the no more heroes games and from what i understand they're gauging the sales on this one to see if they should release three and i do want to support this and i got it for like 21 dollars physically so it was a good deal and honestly i see the valid complaints on there but i'm enjoying it so far yeah man i mean i think i think you know if if the publisher or developer is true they would that you know if this sells well then we'll bring out more stuff then it's, it's definitely worth supporting. And that's the same reason, you know, we mentioned Onimusha on the, um, the you know, the remake on the um, PS4 and the Switch and the Xbox One. I want to see more Onimusha games, so I'm going to buy it. And I'll probably get a physical copy as well. So hopefully we'll see more. I think it's definitely a valid thing to to support, you know, the developer and, and buy the game, even though it's not necessarily 100% what you wanted if there's enjoyment there and, and there's, there is the possibility that they'll bring out more then get behind it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I do have some limitations though on it. Like, uh, like South park, uh, the fractured, but whole, when it got ported to switch, it ended up having some really serious game breaking issues. Mm-hmm. So even though I really wanted it to switch and I had gone on record and asked for it so many times, uh, thankfully I didn't open it. It was still in the shrink wrap. I returned it and I was all angry about it. I was like, nope, I am not going to buy this game to play until they fix it. And a few weeks later they did fix it and it went on sale. So I picked it up. Um, nice. but, but sometimes with that, it's like, you know, some people could say, look, you know, they were going to patch it anyways. There was no guarantee of that at all. Absolutely. You cannot yeah. believe that there's no guarantee. And even if people say, hey, well, it's it, you have to get it to support it on there. I'm like, I want to support it, but I want to support a proper version of it. And the main game breaking issue was it was a optional side mission, which could essentially put you into a loading loop of some kind. And there was a few other bugs, but I was like, one, I don't want to walk play through this game with a walkthrough on my phone kind of walking on eggshells because of some stupid mistakes that they made, which they should have patched out or they should have resolved before this even came onto the Switch. And secondly, that was one of the the issue that was the glitched one. That was one of the best missions in the game. So I was really salty about that. Yeah, yeah. That's happened to me before, actually. Um, When I played Assassin's Creed, one of the Assassin's Creed's, like when they were really in that mode where they were just shitting out games every single year and they were always broken at launch um (laughs) it was the one in london with the guy and the girl um that one i can't remember what it was called i don't know which Um, one that one was crusader maybe or crusade that had a game breaking bug that i came across where you have to chase this guy that's getting away and if you don't get him in time the mission fails but for some reason i got stuck in this like death loop where it put me at an auto save point right before the timer ran out for the mission and it would just fail. And over and over again, I couldn't proceed. And I remember I 
um, got onto Ubisoft support about it and they said yes, you know, and there were other people that were reporting the same issue and I was waiting for a patch and dude, it never came. It literally never came. I'm like, fuck, this is ridiculous. And I, I remember I said, you know what, I'm not playing Assassin's Creed games again, but I think this was like the last year where they said, we're not going to do Assassin's Creed for a while and we're going to mm-hmm. come back and, and, you know, bring, bring one out in a couple of years. And they did, and, you know, there was definitely improved since then. But, man, I was so annoyed when that happened. I was like, I'm never buying another Assassin's Creed game again. Ubisoft can kiss my ass, you know. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get that. Like, sometimes you just, you, you, you got to put your foot down. You'll get a bit frustrated and all that. And, yeah. again, it's one of those things where people said, hey, like, for South Park, they're just like, hey, it's it's a big game. It just came out. It's on a hot platform. It's from Ubisoft. They're definitely going to patch it. And I was like, nope, I am not believing that until the patch is loaded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even even if that means, like, e- even if, if it means if this is not fixed, I can't ever play the game on Switch. That's just, I'm just going to have to cut my losses right there. But thankfully, they, they fixed it. That's good. I'm glad they did. Yes. Yeah. Which, that's another game I'd recommend. Like, uh, I don't think I've asked this. Are you a South Park fan at all? Um, I'm a casual South Park fan, I'll say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I, I grew up watching it, you know, like that, that, that show's been around for ages, but I, I, I do think it's funny. But I, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, man. I haven't played either of those games that they brought out. I have both of them on Steam, and I've never launched either of them. I should give them a, a try out sometime. I've heard they're really good. I highly recommend playing them. They're so good. Like uh, the stick of truth actually made me cry because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I yeah. may fire it up one day when uh, you know when I'm feeling a little bit down or something. I'll, I'll, I'll give it, a, give it a go. I'd recommend that. Although I'm the type of person, if, if I'm feeling down, I don't know, maybe it's just like a masochistic thing or something. I don't know. I start like listening to sad music and playing oh, yeah. depressing games. Like that's and- when like Silent Hill 2 is, oh my God, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see firing up uh, Silent Hill 2 or something when you're not having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just need that. That's <sighs> true. Anyways, I think we're uh, we're really, you know, winding down to the end here. But, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap up here, MVG, again, thank you so much for coming on. This episode's been a absolute blast. I really hope people enjoy it. And uh, to if anybody's wanting to hear more of your gorgeous voice or see any of the content you make, where can they find you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome shooting the shit with you for the last 90 minutes or so um, <laughs> you can find me on youtube at modern vintage gamer twitter modern vintage g facebook instagram everywhere else just search for modern vintage gamer you'll find me right on i'll go ahead and uh plug your sites in the description on youtube so uh for anybody else who's watching or listening again thank you so much if you want to listen or if you haven't already uh, i would definitely recommend subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform uh this is on most of them just check out mario's minutes there's going to be a few links down below on the youtube description as well now mvg as you might know i normally like to do a thing where to see if people made it to the very end i like to use a keyword what what keyword should we use for this episode Ooh, um put me on the spot man um i'm sorry keyword let's see <laughs> what, what what was the keyword you used last month i don't even remember <laughs> keyword let's say um excelsior how about that excelsior all right cool if you use the word excelsior in your youtube comment on the video here we will know that you made it to the end we're going to be watching the comments so we're going to know <laughs> 
I'll be checking comments personally. So uh, let's see what uh, what people come back with. I will too. You don't you don't want to make MVG angry. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to deal with a couple of trolls in, in my comments lately, so you know my guard's up a little bit. Nah, I feel that. <laughs> Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and listening, everyone. Until next month.